You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Welcome. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, BHL, GNT on BHL. We're here. I'm Joe Braswell. We're here to discuss uh, nerd culture, geek culture, tech culture. I'm here with uh, my two uh, co-nerds, uh, joined number one by... Uh, the Achilles Shine, aka the Light Skin Gordon Parks. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Yes, yes. And, I, and I'm joined by Nando Nando Velasquez, the Puerto Rican Chanho Park. <laughs> what? I, don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> you need to plan these intros up before we start. I got, I got, I got something. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're progressively getting worse and worse. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, and I'm Joe Braswell. The, you got a Puerto Rican right. You got that part right. I'm the guy who wants to have sex with Grace Park. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> You're just that guy. I'm the guy. That's You're who I am. You're that guy. Okay. Like, got what, it. What, what, what nerd? I, I have to, I, well, I have to. Yeah, that's my. That's my. It's a nerd rite of passage to have a crush on Grace Park. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. Grace. Uh, Grace Boomer Park. Park. Yeah. Uh, Boomer. Uh, yeah. Battlestar Galactica. About Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, frame? Of course. Okay. Of, him. of course. Okay, he looked at me like who? No, I know who that is. All right. I had my nerd rite of passage with her too. Hey. Oh yeah. man, I'm, I'll have to tap out on that one. <laughs> no, you're out. You're out on Grace. Yeah, there's a big difference out. between having a crush and crushing my man. Oh, <laughs> that's true. I got a catch. I, I did say I wanted to do something. I did anyway. Welcome to Geek Nerd yeah, Tech. We're good. here. Uh, you're, we're, we, what we try to do every week is bring you the uh, latest in geek culture, nerd culture, tech culture from a perspective that is a uh, coming from us, which are. Uh, black folks and Latino folks. Uh, we consume culture. We consume nerd culture, geek culture. We consume uh, technology uh, at, at the highest rate in this country. And so we want to be folks to talk about it from our perspective. Yes, so um, that's exactly what we are going to do. Um, later in the show, we're going to you know, go through our, our normal, what we do every week is kind of run through the stories, tech stories we love. But this week, we're going to spend a little more time on, on the pop culture side, on the nerd side. I feel like we haven't really been doing our you know, earning our nerd stripes at all. It's all been technology, tech, tech, tech. So we're going to talk a little nerd, cult, nerd pop culture today. We're going to bring on um, our guy Lawrence Lawrence Young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to come on. He's going to call in. From uh, the Fantastic Forum and Gekin Podcast, yeah. From the Fantastic Forum. Yeah. And uh, so he, he'll call in a little later, and he's the, the, the biggest black nerd I know next to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I, actually, I, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, yeah, I may have him beat. Anyway, so let's get into this. So let's talk about these, these stories of the week. Um, uh, Akili, what, 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 what did you see this week? Man, really interesting story this week. Tesco, the second largest company in the world, right behind Walmart. They're a huge retailer. They have yep. a, a gang of gas stations, supermarkets, and they sell everything from toothbrushes to toilet paper. UK, like huge. They like they exactly. own the UK, the Walmart of the UK. Exactly. So what they are doing, this new initiative where they are putting these scanning softwares into about 450 of their gas stations, in the UK. And so they're using this, te- this software called Amscreen. And essentially it's a software that 
it's, it's targeted in-store advertising based on your physical features and on your shopping habits. So you walk into a store, and there's this camera that pretty much scans your face, and it's able to detect your gender, your age, and then based on those patterns, it will suggest a product for you to purchase. Wait a minute. Yes. Okay. So this is on some like Minority Report shit, right? Now, exactly. Right? So you walk. I walk in the store. It scans me up, and they're like, "Porn or whatever." Like I don't know, whatever, whatever you want. You know, <laughs> let's, let's use like the spirits industry. Let's use alcohol. So you okay. walk into the store. So you, you purchase a pack of gum, yes. and it scans your face by that by that time. And okay. that's hey, Joe, you're a black guy, and you're, right. you're this age, and you must like Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> They would be right. <laughs> no, that's good. No, wow. Okay, that's wow. That's that's so. That, so what, it's really kind of what we what happens now on 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 the web. It's what happens now. You know when you are yeah, Google, Facebook, Google, Facebook do it all they do it all the time. They sort of profile you and and store tons and tons of digital information about you and share them with other retailers and other people across the web advertisers. Yeah. So what this is is taking that thing to the next level. It is and being able to do that. I mean, it's, this is this is as for as was foreseen in Minority Report. Man, it's definitely elevating the game, but. You have the people that are kind of against it in the sense that it, it you it, think, yeah, of course, like <laughs> man, it's like privacy issues. Like sure. you don't want, like I know it's a different culture in, in the UK in terms of like the CCTV and all yeah. that stuff. And there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big brother, big brother's watching. Yep. And so people feel like their privacy is being intruded upon. Right. Like you don't want to walk into a store and, and a camera's capturing yeah. all this information. Yeah. So I mean I, I think I think it's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, because like, I don't want to know my business. Like hell no. Oh, I see. Uh, a bottle of Hennessy and some Magnum condoms. Exactly. Like, there you go, Joe. <laughs> like, <laughs> have a good night, sir. Like, I don't want people knowing what I'm doing at all times. Um, I don't know. I mean, Nanda, what do you, what do you think of this tech? It's scary, man. It's totally scary. I, I mean, uh, well, first of all, I'm now I know what to get you for your birthday. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> Sorry. So yes. it's all good. But um, yeah, I mean, I I I don't like to be just regulated to to ads just. You know, walking into a store, I like to be able to have my own anonymity walking in, and doing stuff. Obviously, there's What's a big privacy again? thing. Anonymity. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Do you think I can do those? I can do those. I do you think we're headed to like a constant surveillance society in this country? Yes, Tell I think what. we are. I, I think mean, we're, we're already here. This is well. This is what's obviously what's being you know talked about in Washington now. Yeah. With, you know, with, with the sort of the uh, I mean, every you know, post nine eleven, you know, uh, with all of the sort of. Uh, uh, Patriot Act, listening unto everything, everywhere, yeah. and then uh, I mean, look, this we're already here. Like I already assume that you know people are reading my emails and 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 my texts and everything else. And now you know I've got the new 5s uh, where they uh, iPhone 5s where like I have to imprint my fingerprint to get into my phone. And iPhone, I, I Apple swears to me that they're not stored anywhere in Apple servers, and I believe them. Hmm. Achilles, do you do not believe them. I do not. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's, it's, it's incredible the amount of information that we give up. And I think there's a documentary that's coming called, uh, I think it, I forgot it. Never mind. I'm, I'm really, it's definitely coming, t- talking about what we give up in, in the, in, in, a, in our, in our, when we sign or when we click on the sort of like, um, what do you call the thing? The uh, ad banners? What? No, uh, the 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 terms and conditions. Oh, okay. So yeah, when you when you click on a terms and condition on any whatever it is, like you, whether it's Facebook or every time you update your software, every time you update uh, any iPhone thing, every time you do anything, you have this big, long, gigantic terms and conditions 
and you click agree or disagree. And we all just agree. Hmm. But that is a lot of info. And what they are essentially saying every time you click on that is something to the effect of we can do anything we want with everything you you, you agree that we can have your shit and yeah, have your life. Essentially. South yeah. Park had a really good uh, – it's an old uh, episode where uh, – where they sign their life away on those contracts, and everyone's right. like, you, didn't, "You mean you didn't read the fine print? You didn't exactly. read all twelve pages?" Everyone yes. else, like the whole joke is like, I think it was like Kenny or one of the kids, not Kenny, but one of the other ones, like Ike or something. Right? We're like, um, Ike. I'm talking about the baby. Whichever right. one, Kyle. He uh, he signed something, and everybody, like his family, all his friends, even like Cartman's, like, "You mean you didn't read all fifteen pages of the thing?" <laughs> That's a good Cartman. Could you? Yeah. That's so a, uh, <laughs> from like an advertiser's perspective, though, how how does an advertiser, a company, a brand use technology? to enhance like the shopping experience because really that's the job of an advertiser to pinpoint your likes your interests and to be as specific as possible so that they can get your attention so how like from from a business perspective like where do you see you know technology taking things well i mean they will take things to whatever end they need to take things to be able to sell you something like everything like my, my business is television and and you know television is not does, only exists as a delivery service for ads. Exactly. Just like, <laughs> just I mean, it's there to deliver you ads. So, uh, not you know, or, or it's if, if it's pay cable, then you pay for it. Like at the HBO, or whatever, and Netflix, you pay for it. But I mean, that's that's why it exists. And like, so all we do, and all all things that is create that we create on television is a way to micro niche and identify people a certain demographic, so we can sell them stuff. Yep. It's the same for magazines. It's the same for everything. So. I mean, this is not going to go away. So to answer your question, they will go to whatever links they have to go to to be able to sell you something because that is the name of the game. Like we, you know, that that's what we do. We we want to sell. We uh, we consume. And as consumers, we consume a lot of shit, and advertisers want to sell us more shit. Do you think that people like, when they shop, do they like the exploration process of going aisle by aisle or writing out a list of things that I want? Or versus like, hey, I'm walking, and based on, you know, phenotypical traits and based on, you know, shopping patterns, I get these suggestions. Like, oh, I never thought about that. That's a cool product. Let me check it out. Well, you know what? I think, again, it's a choice. Like, there are, all right, there are sometimes I go into a store and I really don't know what I want. And you know what? If you don't know what you want, or let's say you're looking for a certain type of device, like a computer, for example, and you go to a place where they have Macs and they have PCs, and you don't want, you ask somebody, and they look at you and they say, "Well, what do you?" And they ask you, "What do you want?" Why don't they have a? Instead, why don't you opt in to stuff like that? Right. You should be allowed to opt in on your choices. So like, get some consent over. Get some consent over it, and right. not feel like you're being watched the whole time, and people are analyzing every move you make. But when you opt in, obviously, you it, like a salesperson, you at, you give certain information about what you're interested in, and maybe they remember that information for the next time you come. Just like a salesperson, you walk up to the same guy. Hey, this time I need uh, I need you know a, a, a printer right. for the computer that I bought from you. Something like that. That I totally have respect for. That people have a choice for. But when you're walking into a store and they're just like scanning you and saying, oh, you're Joe Braswell. Here's some Hennessy. Here's some marijuana. Here's some this. Here's some that. I don't know. Whatever. Slow down. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, no, you're right. But, um, but you never have a choice with ads. When you're driving down the street, you don't have a choice of what billboards you see. to everybody. True. Generally. I mean, they, they are targeted towards certain demographics, but they're not targeted toward Joe Individuals. Braswell. Yeah. yeah. Toward Akilah. They're tar- yeah, targeted I mean, to your is... race, your, your, the, the amount of money you make let's say if you're male or female your age range it's it's more of a demographic i mean you're casting a wide net this is this is this is the advertisers you know goal i mean they they they, they cast a wide net first and then they want to reach everyone but then if if they could they don't want to reach everyone they want to reach you 
Yeah. Because if you if they know that you're going to buy stuff and you're not going to buy anything, they want to talk to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so they don't want to waste their money. Like, so has, they don't want both your eyeballs with one billboard. If they can make a billboard that you can only see mm-hmm. because you're going to buy something and he's not, then that's what they'll do. But uh, it's also their job to sort of make you want to buy stuff as well. So that's kind of like that. So that's kind of what you're talking about. I think that, like, it, it, it's not only we want to sell you stuff, but, like, um, we want to offer you things. But we also want to let you know about things that you may you know, you may like, and exactly. that's that, that, that's what's reached. But this, it, it, look, this, it, it's going this way. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what comes up with this. I will say though, um, back to that Minority Report thing. I'm just really, really amazed by you know Spielberg when he when they did that movie, he had this sort of like futurist summit, right? Like, so he got all the the best, most creative futuristic thinkers. Yep. He put them in a hotel room, I think, in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. and for the weekend or a week or something, and said, "Okay, guys, I mean, you know, you, got, you know, this guys from all and says, sit here for this entire weekend and think about what the future will look like." Yeah. And the stuff that came out of Minority Report, all of that, all of that stuff, with the exception of you know, predicting the future, is coming true. It is. These guys were like, yeah. you know, really, really spot on. So it's really interesting to to, to, to see that. I'm really surprised and. You know, maybe we will see some, some I mean, precogs la- coming down la- the road. <laughs> last point about this is that they already have this technology heavy in Japan, and I, b- I believe I read they have this technology in the Venetian in Las Vegas. Okay. When you walk Ooh. past a, a oh. certain part of the Venetian, it will recommend restaurants and shops based on right. You know your your race or gender. Oh wow, which is pretty crazy. Like if you are, you know, if you're thin, like oh, you look like you need a steak. <laughs> or if you're, you're, you're like me, oh, Joe Braswell, how about a salad, sir? Let's just, let's just have a virtual mom. Like, All right. Right. oh, are you like, you haven't fed yourself lately. But I want a steak, Venetian. No, no. Why are you married? You, you just have you walk by. It's like you look so skinny. Why don't you have some pasta, Venetian? Why are you married? When are you gonna get me some kids? I, I'm sorry, Damn. Venetian. I'm just, I'm just from here in Vegas. What's your job? You can do better than that, uh, Venetian. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, I get it. So uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that works. Nando, uh, what, what do you got? What, what, what jumped out at you? Well, I think the biggest story this week, uh, technology-wise, is Twitter finally going Man, public. Of course. So huge. And yep. uh, this is the second biggest uh, tech stock, I guess. Uh, remember Facebook being the first one. And Facebook was highly publicized as well and did okay. Right. Uh, I think there was, it was very mixed reviews about it. Uh, but Twitter just came out of the gate. They started out, I believe, at um, I think I wrote it down like about twenty six dollars, uh, twenty four bucks, twenty four, right? Oh no, uh, well, according to USA Today, twenty six, mm-hmm. but it went up to forty five. It closed up uh, at the end of the first day, which was Thursday yesterday for us, uh, forty four ninety, which is up seventy three percent from its initial offer. It's incredible. Yeah, that's so huge. It's incredible. It's huge. And uh, Did you right buy? now. Did you buy it? I did not. Did you? Uh, I did not. You can't. You not? That's not how the IPOs work. It uh, go, it's like it's not. It's not a democracy with that. It goes with the the top guys first. Yeah, right. Right. So, right. You're right. You're right. Well, if you got a top guy friend, you go. Hey, by the way, while you're well, yeah, buying your two million numbers of stock, can you can you get me five? Right. <laughs> a, fr- a friend of mine, <laughs> a little poor guy like me, get me five. <laughs> a friend of mine did that with Facebook and like yeah. knew a guy and got bought a bunch and then kind of took a bath. And yeah. But whatever. Well, yeah, because it's Facebook. But right. I mean, again, so far it's doing really well. It's not expected to hold up right now. Now, sure. today, Friday, that we're recording this, as of right now, I think it's down 4%. It's mm. been it's been a little more volatile. It was up a little bit more toward the early, uh, and now latest report I just saw was breaking news. 4% under. It might even be changing right now as I speak. Oh, wow. But it's a little more volatile. But still, uh, it does say a lot for for Twitter. 
Uh, it's not as well used as uh, Facebook still, but right. it still has a really good brand recognition. Uh, I think another concern about it is people still don't know exactly how you make money on Twitter. Right. <laughs> yeah, Twitter is, makes money. Okay, right. so this is, this is a question. Like, what, what does this mean? What does this mean for the average Twitter user like myself? What does this mean for the future of Twitter? I know that they're doing a lot of things. Um, look, look, Twitter's already sort of changed the way, me personally, the way I consume news. Yeah. The way, I mean, it's, it's my news feed. I mean, I follow all the people who I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get all of my info, like almost 100% of my news mm. now I get from Twitter. And, and, and so, in other words, all the articles I read, I, you know, whether it's the papers I follow, the magazines I follow, the individual columnists I follow, mm-hmm. uh, my, the, the, the uh, the talking heads and pundits I like in the, in the political world, musicians I like, actors I like, like they'll whatever they link to, I'm like, oh, because I know I'm gonna like that thing, and so yeah. that's kind of where I get my it's 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 my news feed. Well, the, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say out of all the social media networks, I mean, Twitter is really the best publicized. How many TV shows do you watch where right. they they say tweet at us? I mean, we even yeah. we even finish off our show saying our Twitter handles. You know, right. people. It's a great but way to it's, communicate. It's only it's only one fifth of Facebook users. It still yes. is low, but again, it's out there a lot more. You don't hear. You don't hear. I mean, you know, Facebook's out there. Facebook's like this big Goliath that you exactly. can't avoid. Right. Twitter though, Twitter is literally it's it's. It's more vocal. You're right. right. You're right. It's a lot more vocal out there. And well, what does it mean for what does it mean? I mean, like, so so Twitter's public. Yeah. Yay for Twitter. Like, how are they going to make money? I mean, I know that, that in addition to like you know guys like me using it as news feeds, you know, I know that there there's a lot of metrics they're using for 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 TV for Nielsen and TV shows. Yeah. Uh, I mean, replacing Nielsen in terms of being able to track specifically track, um, t you know trending topics on TV shows well, and here, that kind of here's, stuff. But here's how, what it probably means. I mean, one one thing that uh, the fact that it's being valued so high up right now, it just shows people have faith in this product. Right. All right. They have projects coming up. I think there's still a lot of question marks with Twitter, but the potential is there. And here they are asking for money to go public. And they valued themselves a lot lower than right now. Their their uh, current valuation is thirty one million, which is higher than LinkedIn. LinkedIn's at twenty six, and of course Facebook is uh, valued right now at one hundred twenty billion. Wow! But the potential is definitely there. They definitely have the money from the public offering. They got more than they asked for for the public offering. But, so, and they have all these projects that some of them again. There's a lot of mystery still as to what is next for Twitter, but everyone sees the growth potential, and I, like I think to, that's I like big. To, I like to t- tie in on that in yeah, terms of yeah, sure. Like a lot of the money they make already is ad revenue. It's not mm-hmm. that much as compared to Facebook, no. but like you said, they're going to develop features and services that people can subscribe to or purchase. Yeah, and that's how they're going to be able to you know generate mm-hmm. more income, but. I mean, kind of like what you said in terms of that's where you get your news source. You take away the celebrity aspect of Twitter, it won't work. And that's the kind of thing, that's the fine line that they have to balance. The, the everyday average user or the kid or the teenager with the celebrity. Right. Because you take away that audience and yeah. they don't have the ad revenue. Exactly. Because I, I don't follow a ton of celebrities, you know. Um, I, follow, I follow you two. <laughs> but uh, but other, other than you two, uh, I, don't, I don't follow a ton of celebrities at all, but I do follow, you know, uh, you know, pundits and people and, yeah. you know, and, 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 and columnists. So whatever. I mean, I'm old, mm. but we'll, we'll see how that works out. I do want to touch on, yeah. uh, what I want to touch on briefly is, is, is the SNL story. It's old now, but, uh, we've been wanting to, you know, we've been talking about, uh, the diversity problem on SNL or people have been talking about it. We haven't talked about it here yet. And, um, this is some story that we were still going to do at one point. And right when we were going to do this story, uh, Kerry Washington showed up and killed it on SNL. I thought, I thought yeah, she did a fantastic it. job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, you know, I've watched SNL pretty much since I'm old enough to have watched it, you know, since, as far as like, as long as I can remember, like way back in the, in the early, in the mid, mid seventies. When you were 30 years old? Yes, yeah, when I was okay. 30. <laughs> okay. But, uh, and you know, and then, you know, God bless Garrett, you know, Garrett Morris and, 
and uh, Bill Garrett Murray Mortis. And, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm about Black. So Garrett Morris. Yeah. We have Eddie Murphy. Yeah. We had uh, uh, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was a, was, was, a, a, was a host. Was one of, the, one of their, their first big hosts. Yeah, he was, was like their sixth episode in. Actually, he had a great. They had the great sketch with uh, Chevy Chase, Chase yeah, which yes. was great. But uh, and then we have uh, Tim Meadows. Mm-hmm. We have Finesse Mitchell. Now yeah. we have Keenan Keenan Thompson. We and have Ray Farrell. Uh, Ray Fa- Jay Farrell. Mm-hmm. Jay Farrell. Sorry. Right now, uh, and I don't know. I think that's it. Uh, I think that's uh, that's all. For I those just, two, and then women wise, we had like Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph was, she was the, the one, the biggest biggest one out of all. Yeah, of them. but she's the. I mean, she's the only uh, African American. Cast member? No, there was another. I mean, female. Uh, there Who? was another female, and I, I'm gonna have to look it up. All right, I'm, I'm gonna have to look it up. But anyway, there was another one. So, it, so the, the big, the big story was when you know SNL premiered. They premiered. They, they got a lot of the cast left last season. A lot of, the, a lot of the all. So it had a big turnover, and this was a big opportunity for them to sort of step out and do some things. And they hired like five white guys from Chicago. <laughs> so, which is which is funny. And all you know, I'm sure they're all hilarious. Yeah, but not even. I mean, you know, no. I think they brought on one. I don't think they brought in any women. They brought other oh, women. I think they brought in one woman, and then they brought in a bunch of uh, white guys who looked the same to me. Yeah. All kind of funny, but not, I mean, it, it just it, it speaks to like them not even. I don't know if they're not even trying to bring in sort of you know African Americans, Latinos, women. I mean, I don't know if it speaks uh, to SNL sort of, is a white fraternity. That's yeah. how that's how I see it. Sure. I mean, I mean, it, it speaks to like the writers and the and the, and the, and the culture and everything exactly. else. And uh, I mean, Chris Rock. I, I, I forgot Chris Rock. Chris Rock talked about this a lot. He really talked about how and, and Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock and Tracy Morgan talked a lot about Chris Rock specifically. How you know who's funnier than Chris Rock? But how hard it was for him to get sketches on. How yeah. hard like his humor and what he was writing for. No one in the room got is like I got this great sketch. It's this. And everybody's like blank stares. So there's that. And that's I want to talk. Like I just read Richard um, Paul Mooney's book. Paul Mooney used to yeah. write for Richard Pryor, yeah, yeah. and that's why Richard Pryor was so successful because he had Paul Mooney, sure. you know, developing content for him that spoke yeah. the language and the rhythm of, right. of you know what was culturally sensitive to black people. Right. So yeah, and so so Carrie comes on and uh, uh, she did a great job, and I think that you know I mean she's she's. A juggernaut that cannot be stopped right now in culture. She's just doing it all. But I think that uh, they had this great sketch in the beginning, which sort of addressed the you know the diversity problem, where they had uh, they called for three black women: Oprah, Michelle Obama, and Beyonce. And uh, Carrie had to play all three, which is very funny. And they, they addressed it and did a little funny thing. That was a very good move by SNL. And we had a lot of I called the black jokes. We had a lot of uh, a lot of Keenan Thompson, a lot of Jay Farrell, a lot of uh, a lot of the good sketches. That they have written, and so it was, it was great, you know. And I think that um, I don't know, I don't know. Um, it feels like SNL does this thing where we it was in the news, we've addressed it, and they've moved on. But I don't, I don't. I'm bringing this up now because I don't want the story to go away. I feel like that this is an ongoing problem. I'm First, not, I think they did this just to hush the criticism. It's just a token. Right. It's a token. Be quiet. Well, you know what? Look. Regardless of that, first of all, you, you also got to remember Keenan Thompson was playing a lot of black women in the past sure. couple of years too, which is kind of funny. There've only been there's only been three uh, black women actually. I, I have an article here. I'm trying to pull it up and see which ones because I can't remember the names of them. But Maya Rudolph was the most successful out yep. of the other two. I believe the other two only lasted like one season. So oh, you know what? There was I forgot there was my girl. Uh, I, I I just remember I, I I can't remember her name, but I do remember the uh, the sister. Yeah, it was in the it was in the uh, what does my remember what cast was in. But there was one other sister. I do remember her. Yeah. Um, um, Ellen. Oh, God. Let's I, see. I, I can't uh, remember name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll find the names. Um, I'll find the names. But anyway, just just to move past the point. Yes. This was the number one rated show of the season with Kerry Washington hosting. Yes. This was this broke all records for the season. Okay. 
Uh, Carrie Washington's a great actress. She's on Scandal. She's phenomenal. She definitely got to show her chops. They did a spoof on uh, what the uh, what does the fox say? Yep, which is great. hilarious. Went totally yep. viral. It's probably the biggest viral video they've had since anything Lonely Island did. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely since. Um, Lonely Saturday, Sunday, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Lazy Sunday. Lazy Sunday. Yeah. Lonely. I don't know. I'm all Lonely over the place. Lonely Saturday. I'm all over the place. Uh, <laughs> what the hell kind they, of nerd are you? And they even made reference to Keenan. Sure. Uh, Keenan Thompson saying he's not going to play drag anymore. Right. Which is, which is awesome. Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. Now, here's the, here's the other thing about SNL. SNL pulls most of their um, cast members from improv troops. Yep. Uh, Second City. Improv Olympic. Yep. Right now, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, huge. Mm-hmm. Okay, the majority of those schools. There was a really good article written by Eric Voss for on. Um Oh, I can't remember the website. I'll have to pull it up. Maybe I'll put it in notes or something like that. But a really amazing article about how all those schools, improv schools, and they, they teach sketch and they teach improv is majority white. Yeah. There are there are actually a lot of minorities. In fact, they welcome minorities to sure. come on. So they, I know UCB. I know a couple of places actually have scholarships because yeah. again, you got to pay money to go to school. It's not yeah, yeah. it's not like going to college, but it still adds up. You know? and I, and I, and look, the, the improv culture is very yeah. much, and it's, this has nothing to do with them wanting, not, you know, not wanting black folks there. But the improv culture yeah. is very much sort of a, 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 a white culture, if, if you will. So, yeah. I mean, you know, black comedians don't come up through the improv world. They, you know, they, you I know, mean, but black, you know, black people have to improv just to survive, so it's natural to <laughs> us. <Right. laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, uh, we, don't need, Jay, we don't need class for that. No. <laughs> Jay Farrow, Jay Farrow was pulled up based on his stand-up because he does great impersonations. He was actually pulled up as a YouTube artist. He yeah. wasn't pulled up from the emperor. So they do reach out to other things. But... Which was that was a very great move on their part. Yeah, like, was, finding Jay Farrow. Oh, he's amazing. But just in terms of finding, you, you, amazing. Finding, he was so he's young. Like Eddie Murphy was young. Eddie Murphy was twenty when he joined Jay Farrow. I think yeah. was nineteen Keenan, or twenty. And Keenan uh, did Nickelodeon yeah. for the longest time. Keenan and Kel. But two two perfectly awesome uh, black comedians who came up through improv. Right. Or Key and Peele. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Keegan yeah. Michael Key and Jordan P. Key, yep. uh, Jordan Peele came from Jordan P. Peele came from, uh, <laughs> uh, from Chicago, from uh, improv schools in Chicago, Second yep. City. Uh, yeah, f- fabulous, fabulous people. There are, there are people out there who've done that. And there are some really awesome, uh, there, there have been a lot of articles if you just look on the web of, of comedians that should be on SNL, black comedians that should be on SNL. Right. Nimia Funk's one of them. She's fabulous. She yes. actually did a little video response about not being ready. Well, Jay Farrell's been really talking about, what is it? I think Jay, well, Jay Farrell has a has a, he has a little short list of people that he thinks that should be on. Like, this yeah. girl is funny. Why isn't this girl on? Exactly. The Let me ask this question. Yes. So we're talking about diversifying the cast in the writer's room of SNL and, and to be more representative of maybe the makeup of America. Mm-hmm. But do you think the audience of this show is diverse? Uh, no. And I think, I, think, I think that this is – well, I mean, that, that's a true question. We're going to get to – I'm going to just – uh, we're going to get to our guy, uh, Lawrence Young, is on the line in a second. We haven't forgot about you, Lawrence. But just to finish <laughs> this point, um, no, because that, 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 this would be Lauren Michaels' point. Like, you know, sort of like he's playing to the demo. Now, there is the argument that if you, you know, if you build it, they will come. Like mm-hmm. Nando said, this is the highest rated, you know, show. I and mean, Kerry Washington is a bona fide superstar. Yeah. She has, yeah. she's on one of the highest rated shows. And this was not so, a show that was because of the, con- this was not a show that was rated because of the controversy. This was a show that was rated because people wanted to see Kerry Washington. Washington. Of course. And, and she delivered. So yeah. it, was, it was, it was great. Well, um, we, we, we have, we, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about, we were gonna talk about Google help, Google help outs, but I think we'll table that for now because on the line, we have our, our good friend Lawrence Young from the Fantastic Forum. Uh, who we're, we're going to talk some pop culture and some nerd culture, some geek culture. Lawrence, you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here, man. What's going on, everybody? How you Great. doing? What's up, man? Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Thank mm. you very much. So we've been like, you know, we've been, you know, we're four. This is uh, four shows in, 
and we have been very light on the on the on the nerd culture and the geek culture and the pop culture, and people are beginning to question our nerd bona fides. Is that why you wore that Star Wars shirt? Oh well, no, this is just. This is yeah. Where's the party at? at? Where's the party at? At I'm okay. wearing my "Where's the party at?" at shirt for for, <laughs> for folks uh, who are watching on YouTube. But yes, uh, so let's so speaking of which, let's talk about some stuff. I mean, what you know, um, uh, today, today, Thor opens Boom. Thor two and uh, Thor two, mm-hmm. and I was supposed to see it last night. And I usually do my midnight showing. There, I didn't do the press screenings. I didn't do any advanced screening. I was going to do the midnight show like I always do. But I opted to do other extracurricular activities instead. But Nando, you did see it. I like how cryptic that was. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it, it may or may not have involved a lot of alcohol. Uh, yeah, Thor 2, really, really good. Uh, you know, this was a, this was a franchise, honestly, out of all the geekier franchises that I didn't think was going to be as, um, big as, let's say, Captain America or obviously the X-Men movies or Spider-Man, but the first one stood really well. Great. Really, really, really good. Great. And this one delivers more of the same. It, it definitely, if you are a comic book fan, as I know Lawrence is, uh, I think yeah. you will get a lot of enjoyment out of this because it really gets deeper into the world of Asgard sure. and some of these characters and the mythology of of this because that's the one thing that that I think this franchise is going to live or die by in the box office how yeah. geeky people are willing to go with their movies this how was, deep how deep well this yeah. this was my this was my question when when Thor the first Thor came out I thought that you know hiring Kenneth Branagh to direct was a good move because he was able to handle some of that like this sort of like you know faux Shakespearean you know dialogue he had to go through like he made, he made it really he 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 lent some credibility and some of the actors yeah. and Tom Tom Hiddleston and these guys did some and um, Anthony Hopkins lent sort of this weight and credibility to a ridiculous world, really. I mean, we're talking about, you know, gods and hammers and, you know, Thor and, and, and Odin. But uh, so we take Thor out of that world. We put him in the Avengers. We take him back into this world. I mean, was it, you say it was very successful? Because for me, that's that's my concern. I was never a big Thor guy because of the mythology. I couldn't really wrap my head around the the world. Uh, what do you think, Lord? I mean, I, I personally, I, I feel the same way, but I ended up liking. Did the you movies. see it? Did, you, you haven't did seen you see the it? one, though. You, you know what? I actually haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But I know that everyone that I've talked to that has seen it says it's fantastic, and wow. it's, it's killing overseas. And the the Thursday night box office was great for it too. Mm. Good. And so, and, 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 were you a Marvel guy or a DC guy? By the way, or Oh, I'm I'm definitely a Marvel guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, shots fired! Like you, you got mad on that one. <laughs> like, how could you? How dare you? How dare you? Oh yeah, it's crazy. But it's funny though because even though you asked the question, Thor is probably one of my least favorite Marvel characters. Yeah, I, I like him in the confines of the Avengers, mm. but I'm not a big um, fan of Thor as an individual character. Actually, up until very recently, and what, like uh, the the comic itself has been actually excellent as of late. And a lot of it, I think, is the the guys at Marvel realizing that, okay, we're going to make these movies, like from way back before Thor 1 even came out, right. we're going to make these movies. We have to make sure that this character, like the, the, the arc and the through line for it, is going to be something that's palatable for a general audience. And I think that even though it does keep, with the mythology, with the Norse mythology, it's still the way that it presents it. Um, kind of, they, they kind of mask it a little bit. Like they make it seem like 
you know, if you want to go the magic route with it, you can. If you want to go the technology route with it, you can do that too. Sure. And so that way it kind of sells it to a more mainstream audience. I do love the. You know, I do love the. One thing they do really well, and this is that Marvel does as well, is sort of blend the the magical world with the technology side, like sort of like yeah. the the notion of you know he lives in this magical world, but there's this there's these tech. This certain technology that that you know maybe good or bad guys are trying to get, and the, the mixture of both. They did that in the movies as well, um, and I that's something I'm interested in. I just never could wrap my head around Thor as a comic book character. He's my least favorite character as well. I don't know, but uh, yeah, when I was growing up, like if I had to buy a Thor comic, it's only because like Spider Man. The, the issue with Spider Man I had continues with <laughs> Thor. I'm like, could oh, not man. get with Thor. I gotta get the Thor. Yeah, one. I gotta get yeah. the Thor one to find out what happens. Yeah, yeah. So that was me too. All right. Well, good. Well, so uh, well. Well, speaking of. Which, um, and, uh, of Marvel. Yeah. I was going to say also, right, uh, right now, uh, Thor is getting 66% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, right. but 86% of the audience likes it. So, again, yeah. yeah, phenomenal reviews, at least word of mouth. These kinds of movies always do better with, with geeks yes. and nerds in yeah. the audience. I, I will see. I will see it this evening. What are you going to um, say, Lawrence? Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, man. I mean, like, it's, it's made like $150 million plus dollars overseas, and it did like seven last night, which... May not sound like a lot of money. That's but when you to, like, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of money to me. Of, of the first one, which mm. only did like three three million, and like Captain America only did four. It's like it's it's doing great. Yeah, great. Well, speaking of the uh, the the culture money juggernaut that is Marvel Comics, that seems to be uh, you know gobbling all things uh, like Galactus. Is that a good reference? No. Yeah, it's a good reference. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm actually a DC guy, um, so you don't 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 hate me. I know, <laughs> but uh, no, but so Mar- Marvel is actually really you know we we know about Shield and Shield's been picked up for the for the rest of the, for the back half of the yeah. uh, year, which, which is great news. Which is great news. But uh, there's this gigantic Netflix deal that just went down, Nando. Right? Oh. Yes, Dude. Lawrence, you know about that too, right? Yeah. Well, tell oh us- man, the Netflix deal is like. When I when I finally heard about it and read it, I, it felt like a gift from heaven, man. <laughs> so tell, you, well, you know, tell, tell, tell us about it. Tell someone me. at Marvel was smart enough to realize that they should take this the, these particular groups of heroes, that particular set of heroes, and do a deal with Netflix where you can where those heroes can be a, a bit more gritty mm. than they would be on television, um, or potentially, I should say, a bit more gritty than they could be on television. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's like a, it's like a gift, man. It, it's such a good idea, and I know they committed to um, thirteen episodes, I believe, for each hero, which is um, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and uh, Jessica Jones, and they're gonna do like a little mini series kind of culmination thing with all those heroes together, labeling it the Defenders as well. And I'm just like, it's it, it's a great deal, man. It's amazing. That's fantastic. I, I did like the Defenders coming now. I, this is what Netflix is built for. Netflix is really, really smart. This is built for being able to take, you know, content from it. I know this, they do it with Marvel, but they can do it with anyone and take, take content and make something that's deliverable for a niche audience to yeah. specific people and make it great. I mean, they, they've, they've done their test run with Orange is the New Black and, and the, uh, uh, uh and the Kevin Spacey House show. Of House of Cards. Yeah. But this um, is the biggest news they've had since Arrested Development because Arrested Development was a franchise that sure. really got them a lot of publicity and this is probably the next biggest thing they can do. Yeah. Cool. And I, well, I'm very, very curious and I love the fact that they brought in Luke Cage because we have, yeah. a, you know, a, a black, 
superhero Harlem. who's gonna get yeah who's gonna who's yeah. gonna get some run. Um, and I, I was a big Luke Cage guy, and I love love Daredevil. You know, mm-hmm. and then we we know yeah. that uh, since um, you know uh, it'll be Affleck less. A- Affleck has gone over to the uh, to the DC side, yeah, <laughs> as Batman, which is a Great good thing too because it allows Daredevil to start ver- like it feels very like a fresh break. Yeah. Sure. You know, it's not there's not a it's not even it's not another reboot like a movie reboot, and it's it's not TV exactly, and so it feels like it it has the potential to be something very separate from what people uh, have that, that connotation or that, that, yeah, the connotation of Daredevil with Affleck. Can you tell me a little bit about Jessica Jones? Because I'm not familiar. Yeah, Je- Jessica Jones is actually, uh, she she was a character, she uh, a superhero that goes by the name Jewel. Okay. And uh, she, she has super strength and she's invulnerable. And she actually, uh, I, I mean, you know, spoilers a little bit, but she actually ends up hooking up with Luke Cage. And oh. So that's kind of like... She's a superhero in her own right, but right. but her claim to fame is more that she kind of um, hooked up with Luke Cage and <laughs> you know, that's their like they're a couple right. only because so she's, she's like Kim Kardashian like, hooking up with Kanye West or something, right? <laughs> oh my, kinda like that? Oh, oh is that my. what you saying? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't help that one. <laughs> only one woman powerful enough for Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs> It's only that, only because she's kind of she's the hero that has all this power, but she actually like kind of shuns the entire superhero thing. She mm-hmm. hates the idea of dressing up in costume right. and doesn't really want to be a part of like that world, even though she has these powers. So like there was a point where she was kind of more of a, a private investigator and sure. she kind of helped people on on like more of a local level. She didn't want to fight aliens. She didn't want to you know, uh, be side by side with gods and like trying to de- trying to defeat supervillains. She just wanted to help people and kind of live a regular life. And mm-hmm. so that's, so she plays the background a little bit, but it'll be interesting to see what take they decide to do with her in, in this show. And she's sure. a newer character in the universe as well, right? Her, her, she's only been in like around the past 10 years or so. Uh, you know, I, I think she's been around a little longer than that. Okay. I want to say, I feel like she's been around at least 15 or 20. Okay. But, no, but you know she's not. But definitely newer in comparison not, to the other three. Like, uh, uh, she's not a, a first, like one of those first group of people. She's not definitely not a a 1960s kind of person. Yeah. No. Okay. Got it. So, yeah, well, well, I'm very, very excited about this. I mean, you know, I've, you know, the, I, I'm still, I'm pretty lukewarm on Agents of Shield still. Yeah. But uh, I'm very excited about this because I like the idea that it's going to be darker and it's going to be. And it takes place in Hell's Kitchen, so right. you know it's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be considered grittier. Right. I think it definitely is going to have a wider appeal uh, to to us. Sure. I think definitely we get to see yeah. more more of them like in the streets trying to, to fight so. who knows you know like I'm sure maybe the Kingpin will be taking appearance as a villain or, or I'm sure there'll be yeah. a lot more gang type stuff I'm I, sure. hope, I hope Netflix does a deal with with my DC and get and get them off, get them off of uh, the CW and I think it's great <laughs> and, <laughs> and the CW is killing killing my DC characters yeah right and I think uh, Luke Cage is a great character for starters a, a minority character I mean I'd like to see I mean the Falcon is supposedly going to be in the new um, Captain America movie yep so it's right. really good to finally start seeing uh, some diversity in uh, in the heroes that they pick to be in movie and TV, correct, it's, Lawrence? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I'm not the biggest Falcon fan, but I have respect for him. Uh, you know, I mean, he is the first African American superhero. Um, but, but I definitely am a fan of Luke Cage's, and I, and I just hope that they. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that they'll definitely go with the more recent incarnation again, like you know that that gritty street level kind of Luke Cage who. 
is you know kicking ass, taking names, yeah. and helping the people. I like I like, so, I like the I like the black exploitation Luke Cage that I grew up with with like the the, the, the natural the afro and the headband and the open shirt. Who do you think, who do you think would be good? Because I know Isaiah Mustafa a while back he was the Old Spice guy. He was the yeah, now yeah. you're on a horse. Right. He was really like pushing Marvel. To be yeah. Luke Cage, right? And I'm sure like Michael J. White would be another one. I mean, he was Michael Scott. J. White, yeah. yeah, he was good. There, there, I'm sure there's some other good ones too. But who do you think might make a good Luke Cage? How about that? Oh, dude, definitely. Like I think uh, Michael J. White is a good pick. Yeah. Uh, but realistically, I, I mean, if all things like if, if I could really, really pick, it would probably. Uh... Oh man, look. Uh, of course, I, I'm going to bl- blank on the name right now. You know, Terry Joe Curry. Braswell. Way to go, <laughs> no. Terry Crews. Yeah, right? Terry yes. Crews would be awesome. Terry Crews, an old guy, another old Skies guy, but he'd be awesome. I think not. Not only does he have, um, like, I mean, the the right look, and I think that he has like a great uh, ability to do the serious along with the comedy. Right. But I, he could stand right there next to the rest of the Avengers and fit in. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That's, that's a good call. He, Terry Crews has done a lot of comedy lately. He's, he's, he's you know, he's on Brooklyn Nine Nine that lately, so he's kind of. Turned into this sort of caricature of himself, which is which concerns me. So it'd be it'd be it'd be a good move for him to sort of get back into something more serious. But, yeah, it just uh, it would be good too if he can just get into a better New York accent. But he's already in Thor, so uh, yeah. he's already a, yeah. Who, who are your favorite um, black characters, comic characters, by the way? Um, let's see who who would be some of my favorite black characters. Um. You know, it's kind of like I, I do like Luke Cage, but he's definitely not my favorite. I, I'm a big, I am a big Spawn fan, hmm. even though technically Spawn is not black anymore right. Right. Uh, in the comic or whatnot. Um, outside, outside of that, I mean, I guess really, I'd probably have to say if, if I'm going my absolute favorite, I'd probably have to go with Storm because right. she's awesome, even yeah. though technically, I mean, you know, she's. She's African as opposed to African American, sure. but still works for me. I mean, no, Storm, Storm is dope. I mean, you know, she, I, I agree. Storm, Storm's actually my favorite too. Um, yeah. But I, but I want to. We, we're almost out of time, so I want to just briefly touch on the Star Wars release date. We, we finally got a release date for Star Wars. I am rocking my uh, "Where's the Party at?" at shirt. I am a huge, huge Star Wars guy, as we all are. Uh, yeah. Uh, Keely and I had the privilege of going up to. Uh, Lucasfilm earlier in the year and and hanging out there with some of the folks there and Jeff White and some of the, some of the people at, at ILM and we did a nice series that's on Grantland.com now if you want to check it out uh, we did a nice eight part series on on, on ILM but uh, nice. we are very been very very excited about this you know the you know first Kathleen Kathleen Kennedy who's a wonderful wonderful producer longtime Spielberg uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know a collaborator all the way back to the ET days and then we and then we have JJ Abrams involved we have Lawrence Kasdan back involved yeah. which I'm very very excited about um and so they finally have given us a release date which is uh, December 15th is yeah. It, is yeah. That, yeah December 18th December 18th, 18th. Yeah. yeah 2015 though so what how I'll ask you um Lawrence how are you feeling about you know I'm I'm pretty excited but how do you feel about uh this 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 uh episode seven here do you feel like that we're gonna i mean do you, do you think it'll live up to the hype are you or do you think it'll i mean i feel like they're kind of rushing the release date but how are you how are you feeling about this you're, are you optimistic no. oh I, i'm very optimistic i mean like jj abrams i'm a fan of and i understand you know there's some people that that you know i mean so, i think everyone technically is a fan of jj abrams they yep. just show it in different ways yep some you know some people like to hate on the dude a little bit sure um but 
realistically, it's like if Star Trek is any indication of what he can do in in a sci-fi universe, I mean, I, I think we're in good standing. And I, I mean, especially knowing, you know, J.J. Abrams is not or or was not a Star Trek fan. Like right. he 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 made Star Trek because he's a Star Wars fan, and he figured I I'll never get to make a Star Wars movie, so I'll do this. And he Star Wars up uh, Star Trek. Yeah, he did. He did a great so job. Like, we saw how yeah. that turned out. So it was for me. I'm like, hey, now he's getting into the the toy box that he actually wants to be in. It's right. like it's going to be fantastic. And along with, of course, the all the experience from all of the people that have been making these movies in you know in the years past. It's just like all 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 we have is like good things like oh, all we have is oh, we have a guy that has a great vision and we have a group of people that have the experience and they can all balance each other out it's going to be awesome good well i mean do you i mean the last question make i mean what about this cart before the horse uh, you know studio actually coming up with a release date coming up with we're dropping one in 2015 before there's a cast before there's a, before anything happened they dropped the release date and now they have to play catch up to make this movie i mean that that concerns me i mean it looks like all the ducks are falling where we had actually one of the screenwriters dropped off so it's just lawrence can mm-hmm. now um it's right. in capable hands with lawrence and, and and jj i do agree but i mean are you this this is something that actually concerns me like what do you mean so you you're still you, this doesn't bother you that the release date is was was here before the movie it, it doesn't, and, and the the reason why is because it's Star Wars. Right. I mean, it's one of those things where I, Star Wars, even though the release date has been put out and it's like, okay, yeah, we don't have anything necessarily set in stone, it's not like people have just started thinking about this now. People right. have been thinking about this for years and years and years, and it's just like, it's like no nobody nobody is is there trying to figure out Oh, okay. Well, who could potentially be in a Star Wars movie? It's like we've we've all decided throughout the years who we think could be in Star Wars movies and who couldn't be. I'm sure J.J. Abrams has been thinking about it from before, and all the producers and whatnot. It's like I think not only with the idea that people have been thinking about this from beforehand, but it's like there's plenty of people that are gonna jump through hoops to be in this movie. Yes, and so it's like. If it was some, if it was some other franchise, I might be a little concerned. But because of Star Wars, it's like everybody's going to break their back and and do whatever it is that they can to make sure that this thing gets done. And I think it'll it'll be done correctly. I, well, I do too. I have high, high, high hopes, and it's in capable hands with the with the effects guys at ILM and and, and all the creators being on it and Kathleen Kennedy helming the whole the whole uh, show. So we'll see. Uh, thank you very much, Lawrence, for joining us for joining us here on the show. We'll definitely have you back. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll definitely thank do you, some man. more deep dive Star Wars as it comes along. Hopefully, in, in, it's comic in books. studio next time. Yeah, and you, you <laughs> come <laughs> in studio <laughs> and hang out. Next time in studio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where can we? Where can folks find you? Uh, you know what? They can go ahead if they want to uh, find me. Like say on Twitter, I'm at Mayor Young at Twitter. M a y o r y o u n g. You can also follow at Fantastic Forum, uh, and you can also check out the site um, allgames.com slash fantastic forum. That's where you'll find the show. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Nando, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at NandoVel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L, and also a couple of shows here uh, on AfterBuzz Network following recapping TV shows like The Walking Dead, Homeland, and The Blacklist. What? Yeah. Uh, Akili Shine, where can we find you, sir? Yes, you can find me at Akili Shine on Twitter and Instagram. See you next week, guys. Uh, and you can find me at on Twitter at Joe K Braswell on Instagram at Joe Braswell and on After Buzz uh, doing shows with Nando Bell as well. Uh, thanks, Lawrence uh, Young. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll, we'll see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Dario Kristen, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL Online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.